Spiritual Sword Media presents The Anchor of the Soul with Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ in Olive Branch, Mississippi. While the billows roll, fastened to the rock which cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. And now, Mike Hickson. In our study today, we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 22. Did you know that God wants the very best from us? That's right. God desires our very best. Not only does God desire our very best, but He delights in our very best. I think it's interesting to reflect upon the fact that God Himself has set for us a great example. You see, the Bible tells us that God spared not His own Son, but freely gave Him up for us all. In the book of John, chapter 3, at verse 16, Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God gave his best for us. And so it only seems natural that God would want our best. And so today in our study, I want us to look at Genesis chapter 22, because I think we have here a template for giving our very best. In Genesis chapter 22, we read of the account of Abraham offering Isaac as a sacrifice to God. And so the first thing that I would call your attention to is simply the submission of Abraham. And here we're talking about his obedience. Now the passage that was read a moment ago from the book of Hebrews chapter 11 the Bible there speaks of the great faith of Abraham. And in chapter 11, sometimes we refer to it as faith's hall of fame. We read of individuals whose faith was coupled by obedience, by action. And so Abraham demonstrated his great faith in Almighty God. God called upon him to make a very unusual sacrifice. And so we look at this in chapter 22, and the first thing that we want to consider, the submission of Abraham. And this, as I said a moment ago, has to do with his obedience. And so note if you would in verse 1, first of all we have the command. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested or tried Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I tell you. And so... When we look at this divine command, we see that behind that command, instructions are revealed unto this great patriarch that he is to go into one of the mountains in the land of Moriah and there offer his son as a sacrifice to Jehovah God. Now note, if you would, his compliance. 
In verse 3, the Bible says, So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. And so here is Abraham, this great man of God, complying with the will of the Lord. And I think it's noteworthy that there was an immediate response on the part of Abraham. When God instructs us to do something, do we move with, with haste? Do we reply in an immediate manner? Or do we sometimes tend to delay and prolong or procrastinate what we know that God wants us to do? Well, that wasn't the case with Abraham. God said, this is what I want you to do, and Abraham followed suit. But now I want you to think with me in the second place of the sacrifice of Abraham. And this has to do with his offering. And there's some things that I think you and I need to think about because as we, as we think about the theme, giving God our best, here we find that Abraham is willing to give God, at least from my perspective, his very best. So first of all, let's back up again and look at verses 1 and 2. And as you look at verses 1 and 2, I want you to consider with me, first of all, his availability. The Bible says that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Now, when you and I reflect upon our lives, we have a lot to give in the kingdom of God. And I guess one of the questions that I would pose is, are you available for service in the kingdom of God? In other words, are you willing to labor for the master? When God called Abraham, Abraham said, here I am. I wonder how many of us have this readiness of mind, this willingness to follow suit. When God calls upon us to do something through his word, are we willing to move with haste? Now, over in the book of Hebrews, at chapter 6, at verse 10, the Bible says that God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. There are only so many minutes in an hour. There are only so many hours in a day. There are only so many, so many days in a week and so many days in a month, etc., you and I, we have, to, we have to do our very best in, monit in monitoring our time. And by that, I simply mean we only have a limited amount of time here upon this earth. And some of that time needs to be used in the service of Almighty God. Jesus said, in the long ago, I must work the works of him who sent me. The night comes when no man can work. And by that, Jesus simply meant that death was looming before him. Death will one day invade our human lives. And by that, we know that one day we too will walk the quarters of death unless the Lord comes first. 
So, are we willing to labor? Are we willing to be available for service in the kingdom of God? Now, I cited a moment ago Hebrews chapter 6 at verse 10 where the writer talks about this labor of love. Until your service in the kingdom of God becomes a labor of love, you will never give God your very best. Think about that. Until, until you view the work of the church, until you view your service in the kingdom of God as a labor of love, you will never give God your best. Why is that? Well, typically, if we love doing something, if we want to do something, then we find a way to do it. Why is it that people will sit out in inclement weather and watch a football game? Why would they sit through snow and rain and freezing temperatures? Because they love a particular team. They're a fan. So no one has to twist their arm and say, now listen, you've got to go to this football game. You've got to sit out in this inclement weather. Why do people hunt? I mean, you think about people getting up at 3 in the morning, going out, sitting under a tree in freezing weather to shoot a deer or a turkey. Why do they do that? Because they love to hunt. Well, until you love serving in the kingdom of God, you're never going to give your best. Never. Now, you may think you will, but it just won't happen. And so, first of all, availability. Are you available for service in the kingdom of God? Think about Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 6, the Bible says that he saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphim, those angelic beings, and they cried out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Isaiah got to see the splendor of the Lord sitting upon that throne. And the Lord asked, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Isaiah responded by saying, Here is... Here am I, send me. That needs to be our attitude. Use me in your service, Lord. Can you say that you want the Lord to use you each and every day in his service? Number two, let's think about affection. Look, if you would, at verse two. God said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. I don't know about you, but my son is pretty special to me. And there are a lot of things that, that I might be willing to give up in this life, but that's not one of them. That's not even negotiable. But God told Abraham and the long ago, I want you to take Isaac, your son, your only son, listen to him, whom you love. Now go back to chapter 12 when God called upon Abraham to leave 
his homeland, his family, his kindred. And he was instructed to go to a land that God would show him. The Hebrew writer says that he obeyed in chapter 11. But the Bible tells us in Hebrew, or rather in Genesis chapter 12, that God made a promise to Abraham. He said, and you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Through the posterity of Abraham, God was going to bless the world. Now you and I know that inherent in that in that great prophecy was the coming of the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, who would ultimately give his life as a ransom for sin. And it would be through the posterity of Abraham that the Messiah would emerge. But over in chapter 15, you have God saying to Abraham, He said, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. And he reminds him of this promise. And Abraham makes this statement. He says, Lord, the only child in my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And God said, listen, can you count the stars in heaven? Well, the answer to that would be no. Well, your seed then is going to be innumerable. God is going to give Abraham a son. That son would be a biological son between him and Sarah. And so Sarah conceives at an old age, and she brings forth this child into the world. So they have this child now, this child by the name of Isaac. And now God is saying, all right, here's this child that I promised that I was going to give you, this child that, that I said would be a blessing to the human family. And now what I want you to do is take that child, go to one of the mountains, in the land of Moriah, and offer him there as an offering unto me. Now, you want to talk about faith. Here is God calling upon Abraham to give up his only son. That is, the son in whom he loved. What about us giving our best? If you're going to give God your best, it's going to touch your affections. And it begins with love. I mean, think about Abraham. Here is God saying to Abraham, I want you to give your only son, the son you love. What did Jesus say in Matthew 22? He said, you are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and great commandment. If you and I are going to give our best to God, we have to begin by learning to love Him with every fiber in our being. I said just a moment ago that until we view the work of the church as a labor of love, we're never going to give God our best. Until we learn to love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, and mind, we're not going to give God our best. We're just not. And again, we may think we'll give God our best, but it just doesn't work that way. Do you remember what Paul said in Colossians chapter 3? He said, if then you be raised with Christ, 
Seek those things which are above, where Christ is seated on the right hand of God. Set your affection, set your mind on things above and not on things which are upon this earth. Christianity calls upon us to change our way of thinking, to change our loyalty or, or rather our affections. We have to fall out of love with the world and in love with the Lord. Why is it some people don't come regularly on Sunday morning to worship? Or come back on Sunday evening or come, come to Wednesday night Bible study? It's because something is not right in their love life. Their love for the Lord. So it's a, it's a growing process. We're growing in our love for the Lord. So our affections... Our love. And then I said just a moment ago, our loyalty. If we're going to give God our best, it begins with our love. It extends to our loyalty. How loyal are you in the kingdom of God? Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you in Matthew 6, 33. Are we willing to put the Lord first in our lives? Are we willing to be faithful until death, as, as Jesus talked about in Revelation chapter 2 at verse 10? Are trials and tribulations going to come in life? Are we going to be faced with temptations from time to time? Absolutely. But here's what James said. Blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. And so, in talking about our affections, it begins with love. It extends to loyalty. And ultimately, it means giving the Lord our life. Listen to Paul in Galatians 2 at verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. And the life that I live in the flesh... I live by faith. Paul said, it's no longer I that live, but Christ which liveth in me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith, faith in the, in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. When you obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, a death took place. That old person died. A new person emerged. And really what you were doing, in essence, was saying, Lord, I'm giving my life to you. You are, as we sing, my everything. What about you? We talk about our availability, our affections. Does the Lord mean everything to you? Have you truly given him your life? I mean, really given him your life? Have you really said, Lord, I'm in this thing for the long haul. I may stumble and fall, but I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give out. I'm not going to give in. I'm going to do my dead level best each and every day. And then thirdly, what about our attentiveness? That is, our attention. 
Look again at what the record says in chapter 22. God told Abraham, take your son, your only son whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. Offer him there as a, as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. And the Bible says that Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him. Isaac, his son, he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. I think about here as a man who's willing to listen to God. God said, Abraham, this is what I want you to do. And Abraham did his best to comply. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 13, verse 9. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Are you listening to the word of God? Did you know that God's Word speaks to us when we read this book? We're reading the mind of God, the will of God. And when God speaks through His Word, are we willing to listen attentively, carefully, precisely? In other words, we want to do what God wants. We want to be used in his service. You just look at the life of Abraham. Note, if you would, what is said, beginning in verse 4. On the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to the young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Look, the fire, the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. And the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there, and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. To me... This is a classic example of God saying, this is what I want you to do, and a man doing it. Is that attitude reflected in your life? Thirdly, the satisfaction of Abraham. And by this, I, I would emphasize the overflow, the great blessings that come upon Abraham because he willingly did what God said to do. Note, if you would, what is said in verse 13. We think, first of all, of the provisions of God. Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket, and its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son, and Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, Jehovah-Jireh. 
As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven. Now note, if you would, not just the provisions of God, but the promises of Almighty God. By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, in blessing I will bless you, and in multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. We talk about the provisions of God, the promises of God, and then... I'm reminded of the fact that through this promise, you and I today, we are blessed. We are blessed through the posterity of Abraham. God used him as a channel to bring the Messiah into the world, to bless humanity. What's the point? When you and I give God our very best, do you not think that God can take us, that he can take you, that he can take me, and make me a blessing to other people? That he can use me in his service? That he can use whatever talents and abilities that we have to bless other people? God took this man... And he used him to be a great blessing. And the Bible says in James chapter 2 that Abraham was called the friend of God. The relevance for us is found in Galatians chapter 3. When Paul said, For you are all sons of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as, as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Where there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither male nor female, there is neither bond nor free. For you are all one in Christ. And if you're Christ, you're Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. That promise that was made to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, reiterated in chapter 22, was fulfilled in Christ. And you and I today, we enjoy the blessings of God because of this man. Because he was willing to give his very best. We just started the new year, 2009. What about you today? Will you give God your best in 2009? I want to close by asking this question. In a very, in a very honest way, reflect back upon 2008. Think about your service in the kingdom. Think about your love for the Lord. Think about all of the things that, that make up Christianity and ask yourself this. Did I give God my best? Did I give God my best in 2008? If not, here's what my encouragement to you is. We just started a new year. Why not start today? And say, I'm going to give God my very best. I'm going, to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to begin today giving God my very best. If you'll give God your very best, he can take you, he can use you, 
and you will bless other people. You'll enjoy many blessings. Are you giving God your best? If you're here today and you're not a Christian, the first thing I would encourage you to do is to, to understand that God loves you. I cited a moment ago John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves you. That's why he gave you his Son. That's why he gave us his Son. Now what he wants you to do is put, put your faith in action. Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that he is the divine son of the living God? Would you be willing to repent of your sins, confess his name before others, be immersed in water? If you'll do that, the Lord will wash away every sin, Acts 22, verse 16. He will then add you to the church, Acts 2, verse 47. And if you'll live faithfully, the Lord will bestow on you the crown of life, Revelation 2, verse 10. Thank you for listening to the Anchor of the Soul. Your speaker has been Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ, located at 9100 East Sandage Road in Olive Branch, Mississippi. To hear this lesson again and to see video archives, go to olivebranchchurchofchrist.org. Tune in next Sunday for more of the Anchor of the Soul. Will your anchor hold in the storms of life When the clouds unfold their wings of strife When the strong tides lift and the cables strain Will your anchor drift or firm remain We have an anchor that keeps the soul Steadfast and sure while the billows roll Fastened to the rock which cannot move Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love.